に上がら関係ねえ<笑> Shall we begin? Into his coming I can do this all day Tear down this wall Hello, dear listeners. Boys are back in town. We are joined by man living his boyhood dream. He comes from the land of art, France. His tools on making his living in Montreal. He brought to life amazing characters like Seth, Bjorn, Grimm, Captain Dragoon, and many others in the epic tale known as Radiant. He carries legacy of shonen in the Europe. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Tony Valente to the Ecosus Unscripted Podcast. Tony, are you ready to go genuine, uncensored, and unscripted? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> okay, Tony, uh, we have, for start, we have 10 words. I'm going to say it uh, word by word. First thing, uh, first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, that? I'll try. Uh, first one, Shonen. Mm, Dragon Ball. Art. Painting. Comic book. Uh, Spider-Man. Friends. Baguette. <laughs> so cliche. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, the best. Uh, Asterix. The best too. <laughs> Uh, Seth. Uh, nice guy. Alright, I agree. Uh, adventure. <laughs> Epic. Uh, magic. Magic, yeah. Harry Potter. For sure. Uh, villain, final word. Mm, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. The big villain for me. Okay, uh, you did great. Uh, I I love your associations. Uh, for start, listen, I'm uh, I'm reading Radiant. I'm currently reading it. Peter got me into reading Radiant. I'm uh, 35 chapters in or something like that. Uh, the thing that, you know, kind of drew me to uh, Radiant was uh, it's very colorful and uh, good-looking character designs. Characters look pretty, pretty nice. Uh, I mean, they're appealing thanks uh, and i wanted to ask you on that note uh, what is the most important part when you're uh writing a story is it the plot is it the characters is it the art or something else or is is it all equally important what do you think most appeals to the uh readers who are reading your uh mantra uh yeah i think all the elements have their importance uh but The, my focus point is always try to bring characters that engage you. So they are not the best looking characters. They're not. Uh, it's not the best drawing ever. Uh, my point is always try to bring charm to my characters so they may engage you in reading with them, in spending a little time with them. And that's one of the, the main reason I love uh, Dragon Ball so much. The, the beginning of Dragon Ball, it's not the best looking uh, drawing. It's not the best looking art. Uh, it, is very bad at, at anatomy sometimes, but there, there's no way there's one artist above him in the in the range of charming characters, charming drawings. Everything is cool about about the drawing that engage you. You want to spend time with the characters. You want to, to be friend with them. 
And that's the main reason I love Dragon Ball so much. So the, the main focus is first try to bring um, engaging content. So nice enough so you don't ask yourself, is that good or not? You don't ask yourself. It, it, I, I try to, to, to draw good enough so the question is uh, out of focus. You, you, you don't focus on that question. But I don't, I'm not trying to, to, to draw the best. I want to, to be the more, the more charming, I, I, I would say, with my characters so you will spend time with them. And then when you're in the story, I want to bring uh, people to, to question themselves, to question uh, their reality, uh, their world, their, their opinions sometimes. I want to bring content that makes you think about the story in a way when you, you want to engage with, with people, so you will talk about this story because it brings you something else that's just a fun story. That that would be my my true main focus when I try to to make a story. Yeah, and you've told yourself some of your characters, at least uh, in appearance, are inspired by real-life people. For example, Ian McCallum for Marshall Inquisitor Bellarmine. That's right? Yes. So where yeah. do you find inspiration for your characters? And to be honest, when I I found for your... I find your manga from Pinterest, from arts. And yeah. I thought okay. it's the fairy tale for the, at the beginning, you know? It oh, yeah. Thank you that style. That. What do you think about your style? Uh, so... Uh... Even if fairy tale is not uh, one of my influences, I, I stopped reading fairy tale after the first volume of Radiant because people uh, point at me things that appear in fairy tales and, and, and I appear also in my uh, in my manga. Uh, I can see the the influences in common that we have. So uh, I know what you're talking about. You 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 came across my style in Pinterest. You you thought yourself, yeah, maybe fairy tale. But yeah, that, there's a lot of uh, many influences uh, that are common with this type of uh, manga. I love JRPGs like Final Fantasy, um, uh, Dragon Quest, things like that. Uh, I love also uh, European folklore. So that brings to me a lot of inspiration to my work. And also because I, I tackle some topics about politics and things like that. There are some people that, that I bring from my knowledge of uh, the, the witch hunt in Europe. I, for example, when I came across the, the, the history of uh, witch hunt in Germany with Konrad uh, Marburg, uh, there was really many things that he was saying, at least that we wrote about him, that uh, that were similar to things that our politicians in France were saying at the same ah, in our contemporary times. So I bring some historic characters to to my manga because it resonates with the topics that I wanted to to tackle, and which was rejection of migrants, rejection of everything in exterior from what I want to to see in their country. And that was uh, at the time that was. Uh, a French minister that was saying a lot of bullshit on television that I was putting in the mouth of Conrad de Marbourg in, in the manga, in Radiant, but I was taking them 
I was taking the words exactly as he said them and putting it in radiant. I didn't change them at all. So every racist thing that Conrad is saying in radiant comes from, uh, what's his name? Almost all of them come from uh, a French uh, minister that was Manuel Valls at the time. He, he was, uh, yeah, a few years ago. Well, you must hear a lot from Le Pen in your manga. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, people nowadays, uh, this year, people send me messages uh, because that brings, when they start reading now, they think that I'm talking about France right now. But I started Radiant 10 years ago. And so the topics that I was tackling in Radiant was the topic about politics 10 years ago. Unfortunately, it's worse now. <laughs> but I hope we won't hear so much about, <laughs> about them. Yeah. So I bring, yeah, for, for the inspiration, I bring a lot of characters that I have that have existed uh, in the history of Witch Hunt. And also, when there are some cool dudes like... Uh, Ian McKellen from The Lord of the Rings or X-Men. Uh, I love his face so much. He's so charismatic and so sympathetic. You you can engage with him because he seems really a nice guy. You you see the cleverness in the eye, even if he plays dumb and everything. So he inspired me, the character design of Bellarmin in Radiant. And in, in the meantime, because I knew Bellarmin wasn't a bad guy, he was full of nuances. I felt okay. That's a cool. That's a cool dude to 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 bring energy from, to 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 bring this character with so much nuances, because uh, just seeing him, I, I love seeing him. You know, <laughs> that was the main purpose of that. So you you have some vast fond of characters in Radiant, and can you truly pick the favorite between them? Uh, for me or for the the readers. For you, your favorite character. Oh, my favorite one, of course. Oh, I, I cannot. No. <laughs> I think, yeah, I know. Uh, All your children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Tony, you, you spoke, uh, you gave us interesting uh, facts about uh, how you based, uh, or, you know, your characters on some historical figures, and you talked about your art and similar things. And one of the things when I... Uh, researched about you that came up is you said uh, that your manga looks on Japanese side more like when you think about the art and when you think about uh, the designs and uh, more on the French side when you think about the story uh, and, and the plot uh, and the storylines that you uh, gave in there so uh, Fr France is a huge on the in the legacy of comic books she has a huge legacy in the world of comic books oh, oh. on that note what uh, what comic books from France inspired you uh, in writing The Radiant? Uh, we are huge fans of Asterix, and that's about what we know from the French comics. Unfortunately, we should know more. And Adventures of Tintin. Um, so what uh, comic books from France inspired you? Yeah. Uh, I love Asterix. I don't love Tintin. <laughs> uh, uh, I, and uh, Asterix is for sure one of, one of the big influences that I had. I was uh, I read that when I was a kid. That uh, I kept that with me uh, as an adult. Uh, now that I I have a kid, she read Asterix. Uh, I've read them with 
with her. And just for my pleasure, uh, one week ago, I took one asterisk. I, I read it and uh, that, that, that was big for me. Uh, I, I've always loved Asterix. And, uh, you even worked even anything for Asterix, some art? I saw it on uh, it. Yeah, I, I've drawn uh, something for, uh, I think that was the 60th, uh, 60th birthday uh, of Asterix, maybe. And that was for uh, for some event, so I wasn't uh, I wasn't linked to to the the author directly. Unfortunately, I, I didn't talk with him or so. But I make a, I made a drawing. Yeah, that was very good to do for me because I, I grew up with that. And even in in Radiant, the the second arc. So the first story arc in Radiant is uh, Rumble Town. So with uh, the the beginning of the story, Nemesis, Dominators, and uh, very political plot. And then the second one is more in the fantasy side, I would say, with um, Ismay, yeah, Merlin. And, I'm just yeah. reading it now. So you, you always saw something. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything, but there's the big figure of Merlin, very important, like, like if that was a demigod in their culture. So that's based on uh, European folklore, mostly Irish folklore, a uh, lot of things, but vastly European folklore. And uh, uh, artistically, or uh, I would say uh, in level of uh, architecture, it's a little bit more inspired by Asterix because you, you see all those, uh, all those old houses with thatch um, uh, uh, rooftops. I, I think it's thatch that we say. Uh, straw, you know, straw on the rooftop, yeah. um, and also, uh, the gigantic, uh, rocks just standing like, uh, Dolman's, uh, in here. Uh, I don't know the, the English names for, for that, but that came from my love of Asterix, uh, those elements. And I based the, 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 the culture on those type of, uh, uh of I would say hints. You, you you know you're there when you see a rooftop, when you see a rock standing and being very big above all the houses and things like that. That came from Asterix, for example. And uh, for for your question, other French comics that inspire my books. Yeah, there there's a very very important series that I love. Uh, its name is Love First, but it's not translated in many languages. It, it has been a huge success in France. I think more than 15, uh, 15 million copies have been sold from Lundfest. It's a very big hit in France. It was at least, uh, that's finished now. And that, that's, be, uh, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but you're yeah, happy yeah. to hear that, uh, Radiant was actually just translate it up here, uh, just translated, uh, to our language here by Nikola and we finally got oh. many people, uh, for example, in our workshop, I went and bought the first volume and it was around 10 copies of first and second volume. And I came back after a few days to buy the second volume. None was there. So you are selling out. Okay. Your... Sold out. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know about that because I know that many countries uh, have the license and put them out, but for example, I didn't know that it's now in Montenegro, right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know about that. 
you want to you want to jet in global. <laughs> I, I I knew that it was getting global, but I don't know about all the countries all the time. Uh, and sometimes I'm mistaking, and, but uh, it's so cool to to know that. Thank you. I'm <laughs> so happy. And and I really want to know one more thing. Uh, you got your Radimev for your mantra really fast. And how yeah. did it go when you got a call from the producers? They said, hey man, we want your uh, anime. Uh, yeah, it, it went out in Japan and uh, a producer uh, came across the series in a bookstore. So he he saw that, he read it a little bit, he enjoyed it. Really? Uh, uh, he enjoyed He told me he enjoyed it a lot. And he was waiting for the third volume to come out to know where the story was uh, heading to. And when the third came out, he told me it was uh, unexpected and it was even better. And he makes it makes him uh, took the decision to, to, to put it into an anime. So he tried it, then he succeeded, obviously, because there's two seasons now, but that was really the, the like, uh, that a big pile of luck involved, you know, <laughs> that was because it was, it was a producer three at the time in love with that type of shonen manga. He was interested because accidentally he came across my series. If that wasn't for that day, when he came across my series and he have been, uh, he, he had been, uh, let's tell, uh, reading something else. Maybe that anime wouldn't exist at all. So it, it was really a lot of luck involved in the process of getting an anime. And are you are you happy with the anime adaptation? And is there some news about season two that you may share with us? <laughs> I would love to share news if I had some, but uh, unfortunately not. Uh, I still hope that one day could be we could have a season three. But I'm currently working on the third story arc, and the third story arc is getting long, very uh, more than I was expecting. And if we want the season three, at least I have to finish the third story arc. Even with that, it would be a miracle to have a third, uh, uh, yeah, third season going on because it's so much energy, people, money involved that after a long pause like that, I don't think we. We will have a season three, but finger crossed. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, you mentioned there that you're working. Uh, you know, you're working on the next arc and everything. And, and on that note, like uh, we know, some manga artists like Ichiro that went over thousand chapters. Uh, how long is Radiant going to be? Do you have an idea? I I, I believe uh, you already have some ending in your head, uh, but. How long till we reach that ending? Do you have something like that? Where? How long do you think you will be writing Radiant? Uh, I don't know. A few years, uh, that's for sure. But I don't know exactly. Uh, back two years ago, uh, before the pandemic or at the beginning, I, I was always saying that I see myself working on Radiant for the ten uh, next years. But because of the the at the beginning of the pandemic, the, the the time shifted a little bit for all of us, 
the the the, the relation we have with the time going on is very different from before. And so be, being sure that I will work on the on Radiant for the next 10 years, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I want to do. And now that I'm trying to, 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 to bring to life, uh, so that takes time. But I will be working on Radiant for the next few years, at least the next two, three, four, maybe five years for sure. But <laughs> but more than that, uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I would love to spend 10 more years on Radiant. Uh, next year, we're celebrating, we're celebrating, sorry, the 10th anniversary of Radiant next year. So that will be 10 here. If I'm going to 20 years, it will be so huge, so, so cool to drive that. Let's wait. Maybe 15 years total will be a good number. Just don't surprise us like Horikoshi, like this is the end, <laughs> the final lap. <laughs> yeah. And are there any future projects, some ideas maybe, or are you working on something else? Uh, I'm still spending most of my energy on Radiant uh, since the beginning, but since the beginning, I've been sometimes uh, taking notes for side projects. I've always done that in my life. When I'm working on something, I take notes, I create other projects just on the side, just for the sake of uh, maintaining the engine, you know, going. And uh, and some of the projects, I want to bring them to, to life in the next few years. So maybe not next year, but in the next few years. Also, I've been, uh, people have been uh, coming to me for uh, other type of projects, doing care design, doing uh, many things. Most of them I said no to, but some of them are really interesting. Maybe in the next few years, we'll see something else that I've been working on, but maybe not. <laughs> I can say for sure now, because when you're producing something, which is a MRL, another type of book, a video game, uh, an anime, whatever. When it involves more than one people, it's never for sure that it will be out at some point. And when it involves a lot of people, like some project that people have been uh, bringing to me, there's maybe a 2% chance that uh, the project will be sold at, at, at some point. So I've been working for the last five years on things. Maybe in the future, we will see, and I will be able to, to talk about them. I'm not the author of those, those projects. The, those are something really different from uh, what I'm doing. And I, I put just most of them, I just do characters or designs on them, but, uh, maybe we'll see at some point, maybe not. Uh, you know, you mentioned there that you spend most of your energy on radiant and we know for all of us that follow manga, we know how tough the life of the mangakas are. The deadlines can be uh, really tough and uh, some authors experience health problems. Uh, how do you manage that? I mean, you're living your dream in some sense, like you said, but uh, not every part of the dream is uh, beautiful. You know, it's not nirvana, so to speak. 
so how do you cope with that? You know, because that seems to be a problem in the in the industry. We, we read about a lot of health problems from the others. So uh, in your case, what, what's that like? Uh, it's tough. It's difficult for sure. It, you you don't go into this industry making manga, thinking you will have beautiful holidays from time to time. Time for you. You will have healthy life. If you if you're going to the, this industry like that, you have to be okay with being really slow. Yeah, and being really slow in this industry is really difficult because of the because it's a war in the shonen industry. Every shonen in Japan pull out more or less more or less four volumes every year. If I try to to, to be the faster that I can. I'm pulling out two books a year. It's not even three. Uh, I'm not even thinking about four. But <laughs> so the so the war is very tough between other titles. Uh, fortunately, my series is going well. I can put two volumes out every year. But I have to. I I have no social life. To to be honest, I, I've always. Uh, live like that. No social life, just in my room, uh, doing my pages. So I'm okay with that because I've always lived like that as far as I can remember when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, even the beginning of my adult life, I was living like that, just on my board uh, all the time. If you're okay with that, you can maybe try to do something about it, you know? But even there, there are some every Every three or four months, there's a rush of work. You have to to reach the deadline, and that's there's a ton of work at the time. And if you're like me and you like to do something else on the side, sometimes uh, you have to put that into the, into the, the schedule as well. So you have to, yeah, yeah, you experience some health problem from time to time, yeah, because because it, it's hard. And you work alone you worked in team after volume nine you had an assistant that's right and which is bad uh, i had an assistant uh for uh four volumes uh, between i don't know eight nine ten eleven maybe but but around four volumes she she, she put the, the screen tones on the day as i read about it so which is better working in team you know like manga you write your you do the art and in the comics there are a team of people who work on one comic book storyline yeah so what do you think about like mangaka like yourself you have more freedom than they do they have the studio behind them telling them what to do and everything so do you maybe think about doing a comic book for indies for marvels for something if they called there uh I'm not sure I could work uh, with a, an entire team because I'm too I'm too focused on my vision of the the story. So, uh, for example, my publisher, my editor, uh, she she's great. We have a very good relationship. But since the beginning, I've said always my ideas are my ideas. I don't want any input in my story. So I just uh, send her the work when it's done. She. She's not doing that with the other series. She, she, she read it 
beforehand. She, she has inputs in them and very clever ones. But for me, that was always the case. That was always, I'm alone on the boat. I'm, and if that's bad, it's because of, uh, I'm okay with that. But uh, having help from time to time, uh, nowadays I have, a, I have an assistant who he, he raised my pencil and he scan also. So that saved me a lot of time on every page. Um, more than that, I would love to, uh, especially if I make other new project and if I, if I reach a point where I'm able to, to, to make uh, a one-shot manga in, in the future where I can tell another story in the Radiant I always wanted to do that since the beginning and I've never done it. But if I reach the point where I'm able to do that, hopefully I will have some assistant who will help me with the backgrounds, for example. But I'm not, not so now. Yeah. I didn't fight the, the good ones. Uh, a little bit of fan question for myself. Uh, uh, I've read you met Yusuke Murata, uh, yeah. the, the artist. Uh, so quick one, uh, Eye Shield 21 or One Punch Man? Hard. I would say Eye Shield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, it would be One Punch Man because that's more my story. Uh, yeah. not, uh, the Eye Shield one, uh, 21 is uh, uh, not my sport. <laughs> in that matter. Yeah, I, uh, oh, One Punch Man is definitely. Oh uh, yeah, but it's hard because in One Punch Man is so creative and, and the, the drawing is so badass that it's very hard, but maybe because I discovered him in Ice Shield and I was waiting for each and every volume, uh, I was really involved into that. Uh, at a point also where I was uh, looking for do I do a manga or not? Or and I was really inspired by his art, his way of thinking about the, the, the panels, the pages, and things like that. So I have a special relationship to to Aishil because of that. I would say maybe a little bit more Aishil, but what he does on One Punch Man is crazier. It's it's so dope. It's incredible. I never get lost in any of his panels. Uh, I mean, yeah. other manga. No disrespect. But you get sometimes lost in the panels, just boring I agree. action scenes. I never go, get lost in his uh, One Punch Man, never. Yeah, and you never get lost. And you always have the feeling of the, the rhythm of the, the action. He is imposing a rhythm of, of action. You can feel the movement. You can feel everything. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Amazing. Maybe you won't believe it, but I, prior to this uh, episode, prior to this recording, I heard from iShield 21 first time. He showed me some photos. I, I never read One Punch Man. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> you, will, you will have some, some good, good reading to do because it's great. Yeah, both series are incredible. <laughs> and you said you met some of the creators of mangas. You, you met a lot of fans. You were uh, on some conventions, on expos, on both Japan, on East and here on West. So. How does it feel being on convention, knowing that there are some people waiting in lines for hours just to see you, just to get the signed copy? How does it feel? Not like fan, but fan list. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of the, the best thing every year that I had to put aside 
since the, the beginning of the pandemic. So it's one of the hard things that I, I haven't done any signing session, any convention since two, two years and a half now. So it's now very, uh, I would say not uh, very abstract, my work. I do the pages, the work, the work is out because there is a volume out every six months, but I don't have to experience it. When I go to convention, the best thing is to see people having the books in their hand, talking with each other about their characters, like if there was, they were real. And for them, they, they are real because they are real for me. And if they come, it's because they love them. So going to convention is really the, the, the only moment when you feel that what you bring to the table, the story you bring, the characters you bring, uh, they become alive because of the readers. That's only the readers that have the power to, to make them alive. I, I don't have that. I can pretend that they're alive. I make pages. But then when it's out, it's only for the sake of the readers. And it's only because of them that they really uh, take life, you know. And that was the, the fuel for me. That was the thing that makes me go on and on on the pages and so i'm i crave for for this feeling again i, I will go in one month i will start again to go on convention in italy uh, in sicily at the end of, of may beginning of june then after in france and maybe in germany later uh, i cannot wait for that because yeah, really i'm i'm so impatient for that yeah, seeing the characters alive again, and also a, a great thing about going convention is you when you speak to the people before when I was doing French uh, comics, the people that came in convention, a lot of them were great people. Uh, we have great talks, but that was uh, from an exterior point of view. Uh, many people were interested in many books, and they are not that much involved in your story in French comics. When you do a manga, they live into your world. They are really into that. The manga community is crazy. And that's the best feeling for you. When you create such a big, rich, expensive universe and they get every inch of it, they get everything, even things that you, you couldn't think about that they, they, they will grasp in your story, you know, very small details and things like that. When, when you have that and you, 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 you see that they are experiencing it, they love it, they hate some characters, but because, because you, you have worked well for them, they hate, hate them because they love so much some others, you know, that's just incredible. You know, I mean, that, that's the best thing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been to those conventions, so we have to ask what's the feeling like. <laughs> You have to. <laughs> Is there any convention in Montenegro? Well, recently the comic book convention in Herzegnovi, the city on our coast, started. They brought some some great uh, drawers, some great creators uh, from Italy, the most, from Bonelli, uh, then from France, uh, also Marvel DC a little bit. And unfortunately, we got it when it was COVID. So 
artists fairly animals yeah no 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 so much artists we knew it it was some just passed through it unfortunately but if they come back this year maybe we can tell them a couple of words then maybe you can come <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know so <laughs> that would be great yeah and just one thing more animes are becoming the the global phenomenon the things that netflix is doing right now they are just making more and more and more anime and you said that anime has really special place in france it's number two country for anime so when we were kids we watched the anime with other cartoons we didn't know that they are anime what's the situation in france oh yeah uh, in france uh, uh, the the maybe the things you were referring to is uh france we are the second country for reading manga uh, yeah. about anime I, i don't know about anime that that's a big thing in france but uh maybe historically it came in france before uh, the us for example because we had when i was a kid in france uh we had a tv show that was going for almost uh all day long in uh, on on some channel uh, that was named club dorothe it was a show that bring many anime uh into this show so if you if you watch this show from early in the morning to to the afternoon you could see many different anime uh also you will have some live action series and things like that but most of them were anime we had dragon ball we had ranma we had uh, city hunter um senseiya and that was like 30 years ago so it started very early when you consider that in the us for example it came with uh the anime crazy phenomenon and things like that came in the us i think mostly because of video games because of uh things to uh, dragon ball video games dragon ball the, yeah always always in every country dragon ball that's the, that's the main gate for anime manga things like that and i think in the us it was more around early to 2000s and that was when video game were becoming really big and and the the kind of public was beginning to to play video games that was not just the nerd things and uh, i think that was the period when it became really global in the us and in south america but yeah we were in france we were into that since our childhood and we didn't know that was japanese for uh, to, to be honest yeah uh, that's the same in every place you can you, you grew up with something say oh cool that's a character that's a story that's a good story and that's it and then later you you learn oh that was a japanese thing yeah but because it's so human because it engages you you don't care about that you you say that you see a good story you're into it that was the same yeah thank you tony this was really really great talk thing uh, and for the end uh, is there any message you want to send to your uh, to your readers to our fans to to anybody listening to this episode uh first i'm really surprised and happy that radiant is now in montenegro uh that's really such a cool thing so for all the new readers thank you if you're 
if you engage in the story, if you if you try the first volume, uh, thank you for trying. I hope you will love that, really. And if you enjoy, there's a bunch of other because I'm working on the 17 volume, so you will have a bunch of volumes to read. So some art from it build. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for all the other uh, readers that could hear the, this podcast, uh, I would say thank you. Uh, I'm in this situation now because the work that I bring is becoming alive because of the readers. So thank you, all of the readers that share the story, talk to, talk about this story to their friends, to their families. I cannot wait to to meet you again in convention everywhere in the world. And since then, I hope you will like the, the new coming volumes into the, the Radiant series. Thank you again, Tony. And I hope maybe we will meet you live in Herzegnaum. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks. See you. Hey, Crystal. We stay genuine, uncensored and unscripted. And we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us, subscribe us, and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Because all.